How's it going, everyone? I'm Mark. I'm Ian. And this is the Uncaped Crusaders Review. Alright, welcome back to another episode. And uh, we got a lot to talk about today. Gonna talk movies we've seen, a movie swap... Some Batman news, and then, of course, the main thing. Today, we're back in the 1966 Batman TV show, where we got two new episodes, two Riddler episodes to talk about, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, uh, possibly one of the weirder uh, episodes, or two of the weirder episodes of the show, I would say, so yeah, definitely. far. Oh, definitely yeah. up there. Uh, so that'll be a lot of fun. We'll talk about that later on in the show. Uh couple announcements we are going to get started i think with our youtube series movie swap we're going to move the movie swap segment uh from this show to the youtube show today we are going to talk movie swap for the podcast uh but then we will have a different movie swap for the youtube show not quite sure when our first episode will air uh i'm not sure what day we're going to come out with them uh, but we're going to record it this weekend at least and get that rolling because I got most of the equipment in still don't have the full lighting set up so it might look a little janky to start off at least for the first few weeks till the uh, the bigger lighting setup comes in but we're gonna make it do we're gonna start working on that so make sure and check that out on our YouTube page you can search Uncaped Crusaders review on YouTube um, if you type that in you then have to change it because it'll auto search to the caped Crusaders and so you have to go up to the top and say no uncaped crusaders and then search That's for that dumb. and then yeah i know and uh, you can find us there um well i've done a little bit of work on that i've got had way too much fun with this green screen so far ian um, i've seen <laughs> uh, recording uh community scenes i've recorded like four of them the other day because i set up the thing and i was like oh, i'm gonna record like four of them uh and i haven't i haven't um I only put out one of them so far. I did the Dean's peanut wrap from season five, which is amazing. Um, and I recorded a few other scenes that I'll be putting up over the next few days whenever I get them edited. You're braver than I am. Braver is in what way? Uh, just that uh, you'd be willing to, to do something like that and put your face out there. I, I, I give you that. Oh, please. It's fun. Um, it anyway... Fun. Uh, also, also just due to the fact that community is getting new resurgence, which is amazing, and is yeah, it is finally getting a little bit more due uh, credit for how brilliant that show actually is. So that's a lot of fun. Um, Ken John retweeted one of my tweets a couple of days I saw ago that. on the podcast cool. page, so that was pretty fun. Um, anyway, so we're gonna. There, I don't think there's really any news. Uh, about the biggest news is not Batman. There's not really Batman news. No Batman news, the, but there's some news the, overall. There's, the big news is the fact that AMC is not going to be in Universal movies. Yeah. What? Which is just mind-boggling. And, uh, and not just AMC. A Regal apparently also. Is, really? Uh, yeah, I didn't Regal hear the Regal knows. one. Yep. So I guess oh, no. And those gosh. are really the only two theater chains. Uh, yeah, they're the, yeah, they're the biggest ones for sure. I mean, you, um, you have uh, some more local like, ones that are... I know in Georgia there's a handful. The Georgia Theater Company is pretty big throughout the state. Um, like like in the Midwest, they have like Marcus something. Um, yeah, was, there, there's a handful of other change, but uh, but the chains, nationwide but no, those are the, by far the two biggest ones. 
Yeah, and, sure. and it's as I point out, there's only so many studios left, and Universal yeah, I is know. one of the only big ones. I mean, you're talking Jurassic World, The Fast and Furious, Bond films, all the animation. So mm-hmm. it's like, again, it, what is going to be left? It's going to be like Warner Brothers, Sony, and Disney. Yeah, pretty much. Um, who's Paramount owned by? I think Universal. Are is Paramount owned by Universal? Jeez, well then that's a whole other branch of movies that are not going to be shown. Top Gun. Yeah, because. Oh God, yeah, I don't know. I'd have to check because Columbia is Sony. I yes, think Paramount yeah, Columbia is Universal. Is Sony. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. But yeah, I know for sure that like yeah, the the ones they talk about that are already going to be affected are yeah, Bond, a couple of. Uh, universal animated movies the fast and furious but it to me that's just dumb that's like just petty uh, yeah no i i agree this point and like especially it's like theaters are going to need any draw they can get to bring business back so the fact that you would cut off you know huge movies especially highly anticipated movies it's like you're just kneecapping yourself okay no paramount is its own thing because it's owned by viacom okay. uh, viacom that's cbs right, yeah. okay so you still got that stuff yeah so Paramount, uh, Warner hey, Brothers, Disney, and then um, uh, who's the other one that you said? And I already forgot. Sony. Yeah, and Sony. Those are the other ones. That's pretty much it. Yeah. So yeah, no, that's that's huge. That is. Yeah, that's that's dumb. That's huge. So we'll see, we'll see what happens, but. Because like that—that's the ironic part. Is that, like, it looks like you know theaters should be able to. I mean. AMC is massively in debt, but it looks like theaters should be able to bounce back from this pandemic whenever things start opening up. But like, if you do crap like, yeah, but if you do crap like this, like that's gonna, this is gonna affect you way more than the coronavirus ever would have. It's like, what are you doing? Like that doesn't help anyone. And like, literally, all all because they just came out and like talked about the success they had with trolls online. It was it's like literally for spite. It's like calm down. They couldn't even release it in your theater. It's like exactly. I don't. I don't understand. Yeah, it's 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 really petty. But uh, yeah, it's unfortunate. Hopefully, you know, they'll come to their senses and be like, okay, this is kind of stupid. But who knows? But um, yeah, the only other news other than that was um, uh, the, Star Wars. Oh God, the Star Wars news. Have you been Have you been following like Midnight's Edge coverage uh, of it? Uh, has Midnight's Edge come out with another video? I saw Doomcocks. Yeah, Mid- Midnight Sedge, I think, has had two or three about the topic. Basically, the news of uh, Leslie Headland, who... No, no, is... I, I meant the oh. uh, other news about Kathleen the Kennedy parts? destroying Galaxy's Edge before it even started. Well, yeah, there's there's that, too. And that was um, more the one I was talking about. Yeah. Because the other I one, mean, I feel like, happened a couple weeks. Uh, when, uh, the um... I don't think we talked about it, though. Uh, yeah, it happened... yeah, we didn't, but... The one with the 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 series leaking, unbeknownst to the rest of Disney, and yeah, that yeah garbage. That, yeah, that appears to be just Kathleen Can- uh, Kathleen Kennedy power grab, and and it's like again, like Bob Iger is like apparently is furious because what do oh, you know? Yeah. Leslie Headland was like the personal assistant to Harvey Weinstein. It's like yeah, that oh, yeah. was great for a progressive company like Disney, but um oh yeah, we'll see what happens there. I, I, I mean Disney, I feel like they've announced like five different star wars shows so yeah they have who knows how many will actually go into production i feel like this is just another case of that but yeah the uh the galaxy's edge news is pretty not shocking of course but pretty disturbing nonetheless yeah uh, like okay it's one thing as i was listening to them talk about uh, a couple things talk about this and obviously it's just completely absurd 
It is. From a business point right. alone. It's, it's really why. stupid. But other than the fact that we know – and this is the other thing. We already know about the disease that Kathleen Kennedy is, so that's another thing. But I'm looking at this as if, if this wasn't Kathleen Kennedy – who already had the track record of everything. Right. Like I I I I get the idea. Sure. Like I understand where this is coming from. Like or uh, let me put it this way. I understand how this was actually able to go through. Right. Um because in theory, if you're Disney and you just spent 5 billion dollars on this, the plan is basically, for lack of a better term, hijack the brand into your own brand. Now, this shouldn't have been the way it was done, but it, it's it's to branch it out into your own brand that becomes another major thing that's yours for you know decades to come. So from that standpoint, what are you going to base your giant theme park on for the next 20 30 years on sure. these six movies that were all in the past or the 15 movies that are yours that come in afterwards so like i i get that to it i understand how that pitch was made and how it how was accepted but still but th again but that's the wrong focus the whole time like it's so wrong, and anyone with a shred of actual common sense can cut through that and realize just how stupid that is. Yeah. yeah Except a... for clearly uh, Kathleen Kennedy and Bob Iger and whoever else made the decision. They're the only people on this planet that didn't un that didn't know this, I guess. Yeah. Like, like here's the problem. Like, okay, you're building a park about Star Wars. It's like... First, you got to ask yourself, what do you care more about? Like re rebuilding the new, your new Star Wars brand or just making a park that is a cash machine? If you right. want the cash machine, yeah, you go with the old familiar, you know, OG trilogy. Which is and... usually Disney's MO. Right. But here's, and so I, like you, I get the whole sentiment of, no, we need to right. forge our own path and start giving people new stuff. But here's the problem. None of the movies have given people anything. Like the, the new trilogy <laughs> right. is... Is the same is like all the same visuals, all the same kind of carbon copy 2.0 versions of yep. characters. So there's nothing false, new. False, like, not 2.0 versions, like negative 1.5. Right, like yeah, they're just they're they're the they're the negative versions. It's, of, it's, uh, the, it's of, the dollar store versions. So that so that and, and like and you and I have corrected about this many times where we complain that there's no world building in any no. of the the Star Wars no. stuff other than Mandalorian. They're and just like, that, oh, like, what's a planet? Here's a planet. It does this. And yeah, that's it. Hop. Like that. It's that's salt. all it is. It's just. Yeah. Here it is, and it's it's probably gonna already look like one of the other planets we have in Star Wars, and we're just gonna call yeah, it something it's, different. This is Desert Planet Number Fifty Four, but it's not Tatooine. <laughs> you watch. <laughs> yeah. So oh, I wanted to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two because even though this happened before last week's episode aired, we didn't talk about it yet because we recorded it earlier. But I watched. I did the watch along. With Guardians right. 2 and James Gunn and, and a handful of the other cast members on Twitter that were tweeting about it. And it was fantastic. Fantastic oh, sure. uh, uh, watch along. One Probably the best I've ever seen. Amazing information from James Gunn. It, it was so entertaining. Um, obviously hearing from Pom... Uh, what is her name? Pom Kalisto. Something. Yeah, she was doing it. Chris Pratt was chiming in. Uh, Sean Gunn was chiming in. It was, 
It was fantastic. And you watch that movie yeah, and you're like, great, yeah. that is the best Star Wars movie since the other Star Wars movies. Like, it's so that's the sad part you're right good and i mean and the first one's amazing as well and and setting up this whole world but like just the one they're on three planets i think the whole movie and one of them is more than half the movie they're just on ego's planet and just the shot alone of george harrison's my sweet lord as you're introduced to this planet you're like oh my gosh this is amazing you're like, yeah, this is great. what Star Wars was supposed to be. And this, this is what, what Star Wars was. Have... Like, this is what Star Wars was. Even in the, like in the prequels, this is what Star Wars looked like. Like, it was this exactly. type. Like... Say what you will about story-wise prequels. The world right. building's outstanding. Yeah, like, uh, all my criticisms of George Lucas, he's not a great uh, director of actors. He's not a great screenwriter. Exactly, he's like, a visionary. I don't know if there's anyone ever better than, than George Lucas I mean, as Tolkien, far as... Like... Well, sure. That that's yeah. No, but, that's but fair. He, that's fair. But he literally created fantasy as we know, so that's kind yeah, of unfair. Yeah. But but modern, no, probably not. I mean, it's it's unbelievable the Stan detail. Lee, yeah. Yeah, but but Stanley's was still set in the real world. Right. Right. No. So, yeah, so it's a little right, little yeah. different. But yeah, it's just um. Anyway, I love that movie so much, and it officially jumped up to my number two MCU movie without question. I'm without question, I can. I'm not. I can watch that movie. I can watch it again tonight. I can watch it again tomorrow. Like it is the other than Iron Man, which is still it's never nothing's ever going to be better than that one. As far as rewatchability and everything about it, it's just I can watch that movie at any time. I can watch Guardians 2 at any time and never get bored with it because it's just so dang entertaining and so much fun. And and again, and the first one's amazing with how it introduces the character and all that stuff. But the second one doesn't have to deal with that. So right. it just develops everything, character. which is what sequels yeah. are always supposed to do and very rarely do well. And so exactly. when you get a really, really well done sequel, it really stands out. I mean, right, the, we, we, I mean, Spider-Man about... 2, The Dark Knight, even though I like Batman Begins better, but Spider-Man 2, sure. The Dark Knight, Empire Strikes Back, like all, all of the greatest sequels. Yeah. You don't, you know, you don't have that extra burden of having to do you know introduce everything yeah. and and every character in the entire movie is developed every oh, yeah. character has an arc except and the and the few the the two main ones that don't have an arc were the ones that, that had the, the biggest movie. arc in the first movie with exactly. drax and gamora right and so it's just it's anyway i could talk about it too long i don't want to waste yeah, we, we can't it's, <laughs> we, it, it's I, incredible I, I and if you haven't watched it in a while go back and watch guardians of the galaxy 2 again Every time I watch a movie, I like it more than I did the previous. Oh, same times. here. I mean, I need to do a double feature maybe this weekend. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that, yeah. That sounds great. Um. Anyway. But yeah. I think that's pretty much it. That, that's pretty wise. much it with news. So moving on to movies we've watched. I watched a few more movies this week than I did la- uh, the past few weeks. I watched uh, four movies, including four new movies, including um, Movie Swap. And then there's one we both saw, so you should talk about the ones you've seen. Yeah, well, t- I'll talk about the two that I saw. So last, um, I, I I did pretty well. I watched a new movie Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Nice. Uh, uh, one each each day, which I was pretty proud of. On Friday, I watched uh, the original Freaky Friday movie. Oh sure. Because me and me and my my friend Chase, uh, we were gonna watch that because of community. There's a whole community ah. episode about Freaky Friday. 
which is absolutely outstanding. And Abed and Troy switch bodies and they play each other and it's hilarious. But um, so we were like, you know what? We're going to we're going to watch this movie. So we zoomed and watched this movie because we've been doing that with community episodes. Um, it, It's not great, Ian. It's uh, it's not it's not great. It's um, yeah, it's it's OK. It should be better. It's another example. I watched that darn cat uh, two weeks right. ago. Which is another, I mean, that's from the 60s, the right. Freaky Fridays from mid-70s, but it's still that same kind of era of Disney a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And th- they're all just too long. Like, these movies are two plus hours long. Yeah, that's way and, too much. And it, and it should not be. These are hour and a half, hour 45 minute movies that are too long. Um, the pacing in Freaky Friday is horrendous. It is one of the yeah. worst paced movies I've ever seen. It is so slow we were dying throughout watching this there were several times we're like should we just stop watching it Yeah, Um, bad bad pacing in an older film is like death by a thousand cuts but it's it's a shame because it's not a bad movie sure and it's funny and and freaking you get a 12 year old jodie foster just blowing everybody out of the water and and um oh great i i blanked on the uh I blanked on the mom's name. Famous actress from, uh, shoot, uh, Barbara Harris. Yeah, and you have Barbara Harris as the mom. So Barbara Harris is playing Jodie Foster's kid, and Jodie Foster is playing the mom throughout most right. of the movie. And it's re- it, that is really well done. But you can tell Barbara Harris is having way too much fun um, sure. playing that. John Aston is great as the dad. Really good straight man playing off the comedy of the other two. Oh my gosh, never mind. I take it back. This movie's only 95 minutes long. Holy crap, it felt like it was so much longer than that. Oh. Eesh. Never mind. It's not as long as I thought it was, but it is really, really slow. It's, it's still a sign of bad pacing. Yeah. Uh, but but it's it's funny. The the two characters playing the different things are, are funny, and, and they're having to do their own you know things. All that was, was good, and there's some legitimate humor in it that's, that's uh, well done. But the, the pacing really killed it. Uh, the last about 20 minutes are really good. There's like a uh, too long car chase that gets absolutely that's a, a completely absurd and breaks every rule of physics or logic or anything. But it's pretty entertaining because spoilers when they switch back, it was the best part of the movie because we, neither of us saw it coming. So you have the mom who's in the body of Jodie Foster. And she has to do her water skiing routine for her dad's big present, like job presentation. And of course, she can't water ski because she's not the kid. And then you have uh, Jodie Foster in the mom's body who's having to drive and she doesn't know how to drive. So they're both like just starting to like they're just starting to do that and they're not doing it well. And then they end up. Uh, saying the chant whatever that that turns that switches them back but they don't switch uh they don't switch just minds they switch bodies so now the mom is back in her own body but still water skiing and jody foster's back in her body but driving still i did not see that coming and that was well done that was very funny because I, I, that was that caught me by surprise, and that was funny. And it's ridiculous, but it's pretty entertaining. You see the same stretch of, uh, what is it, tunnel from T2 that's used in like a million movies as part of the car chase. Oh, yeah. um, 
Anyway, but I know what it, you're about. the movie yeah. is it, it should have been better. That whoever is editor, terrible, terrible job editing. That really hurt the movie. Um. Anyway, <laughs> I don't recommend it. Don't don't watch it. I just watched it because of community. Um. And don't so, and don't watch the Lindsay Lohan and Jamie Lee Curtis. Ah, I don't even mention. No, that doesn't exist. That's only um, what I see. Yeah. 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 If you're gonna watch one, watch this one. I'll just right. leave it at that. Anyway. Um. So then we both watched Extraction, and so we'll talk about that in a second. And then I finally watched Rear Window, which oh, I've been meaning yeah, to watch true. for years. Um, I've been meaning to watch more Hitchcock movies because I have not seen enough of them. Ian, this movie was outstanding. Outstanding. So I've heard. Absolutely amazing. I don't even know what to say. The whole movie takes place in one room other than like a which you a don't normally scenes. like. I, I know. But again, when it when the dialogue is this good and and it's directed this well and sets everything up this well, then you get masterpieces like this and 12 Angry Men where the whole movie takes place in one room and they're just and you're riveted the whole time just because of sure. how well it's it's written and delivered. Just fantastic. It was it was so good. I mean, I mean James Stewart is just always great. And freaking Grace Kelly is outstanding in this movie. And if you're not, if you don't fall in love with her within the first 10 seconds of her being on screen, her, this character, then you're not even human. You're not even. Yeah. I mean, everybody did. Yeah. Yeah, But it's not even just that it's her character in this movie is like the most likable character ever. It's fantastic character. Um, I don't want to talk too much about it because I'm sure I'll. Get you'll, it eventually. Find, you'll find out why uh, eventually. But anyway, so I don't want to talk too much about the plot and everything, but sure. it, it's the biggest thing with this movie is it it puts you. And I'm trying to explain this without just like reading rev- a review of the movie, but it's this whole thing about looking into like individuals lives because that's what the movie is basically about because the guy's confined to a wheelchair and he has nothing to do back in the 50s when there's no anything to do and so he just watches his apartment complex pretty much and so as the viewer you're watching these people in their everyday lives just like into their you know into into their windows and stuff like that and it makes you feel uneasy about it because right. you know you're not supposed to be doing that. But, like, that's all movies are anyway. Yeah. So it's this whole weird meta thing of being the audience for, like, it's it's just, it, it's a good, it's peak Hitchcock, I think, is a good way, good way to put that as far as oh, sure. that type of stuff. Um, anyway, it's just, uh, it's really good, but I don't want to talk too much more about it because most of you have probably already seen it and I don't want to ruin it for Ian when he eventually sees it. But, uh, Fair enough. anyway, really good movie, really good movie. Um, then we both watched Extra- uh, Extraction. Yes. Extraction was a fun movie. Um, I enjoyed it. I think it. he liked it more than I did. Yeah. Yeah, I did too. Cause I, I enjoyed the action part. Um, it's good action movie, really good action great. movie. The, uh, fantastic action. Some of the best ever. They have a whole 20 minute sequence where it's one car chase that leads to a fight and then back into the car chase and then to another fight and then back into a car chase and then everything blows up. It's awesome. It's so well done. Um, almost the entire sequence is, is set to look like one shot, even though it's, I mean, it's obviously not, but it's still very long takes, uh, following yeah. the, all the action. Um, 
Yeah, really well done. I mean, they learned a lot from John Wick. Now letting uh, stunt stunt coordinators just direct movies, and yeah, then we, uh... we get we get action stuff like this, which is great. Uh, Story wise, it's just kind of blah. It's not great. There's not a whole lot there, but it does it doesn't really matter. The movie's too long. That is one thing. It's too long. It should not yeah. be over two hours. They could have cut at least three or four scenes of just him and the kid. Yeah, because uh, that, that's that's really what didn't work for me is the whole like like they especially at the end they really try to make it like yeah. a professional like yeah this this isn't it. There's no reason this kid should care this much at all. No. Zero, no. none. Um, he cares more about this guy than he does about his lifelong guardian when he dies. He doesn't even flinch when he dies. Yeah, and, and then that's... I was anyway. That's not great. But as far as just a a Netflix action movie, oh, yeah, definitely solid. recommend. It's it's so worth watching just for the action. Yeah, because uh, Sam Hargrave directed it, and he's a known stuntman. He did like a, a lot yep. of stunts for Hugh Jackman for Wolverine, and then he's kind of like Marvel's go-to stunt coordinator for a lot of their recent films. So mm-hmm. this was his first time directing. So out of the bat, I mean, not bad. Uh, it was surprising that Joe Russo wrote it, and then yeah. like the weakest part was the writing. But we yeah, forget there's that. There's no way that he wrote this script. Like th- this script had to have been like already well, well, there, and it, then he just developed the script and like finished a screenplay. There's well, no way a, he came up with this. No, it's based on a, a comic book. I think it it must be an Indian comic book or something because yeah. it's said based on like so. Definitely, obviously, he didn't get the story. He just wrote it for you know the adaptation, yeah. but. But even then, but then we also forget that like the Russo brothers, as great as they all they were, they didn't write the movies they did for Marvel. It was um, right. uh, Freely and what's his name? Uh, uh, Mc McLeary? McCleary? Um, no, McFeely. McFeely. McFeely and uh, some other guy. I forget. Nah, I don't remember. But but, but yeah, it's it's worth checking out. Yeah, the action like it's right up there with John Wick in terms of recent like really good stunts and stuff. Now I want to preface: it's not up there with John Wick in any way, shape, or form. In my opinion, I but, think it's pretty close. But I, mean, it's I think style. it's it's the closest that we've had since John Wick. I definitely agree with that. This is the best action we've had since John Wick. Just pure action in a, in a movie that's come out, one hundred percent. And this is showing the benefits of what John Wick has done for the action genre, which oh, yeah, is yeah. Uh, which is great. And again, not tone wise, I I really hope we don't see too many things try and copy John Wick because then that will get old and annoying because of how unique it is. But yeah. as far as just the quality of stunt work and fight yeah. work, I'm fine with everybody. I mean, like, again, that. more of this, please, like, please have this become a template for how fighting and stunts are done in movies because it's just so. It is so awesome to watch. Yeah. So good. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, so definitely worth watching for sure, especially on Netflix. For Netflix yeah, movie, not? it's outstanding. Exactly. That's the perfect thing. If it came out in theaters, it'd be like, nah. It'd be, like, it'd be fine. I'd still, I'd still enjoy it, and I'd still enjoy going to it. But, yeah, as Netflix, it, it fits that medium even better for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so have you seen anything else? No, that was it. Oh, okay. Easy enough. All right. So that's the movies that we've seen. Moving on to Movie Swap for this week. So, um, all right. I watched The Game by David Fincher, and Ian watched the Winnie the Pooh movie from 2011. So, um, all right. We got to start with uh, with you watching Winnie the Pooh, Ian. Now, as, okay. ever, as anyone who listens to this, pod, this podcast knows, this is one of my favorite animated movies ever. Um, it, I absolutely love this movie. 
I think it's fantastic and absolutely hysterical. I'm a huge Winnie the Pooh fan anyway, right. and I think this might be the best one. Even I think I might like it even better than the original uh, kind of short story movie. I'm not sure because I still love that, but um, I love this movie, so I'm curious to see what you thought of it. Well, I, I thought it was a like because um, I like Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh wasn't as big a part of my childhood as yours, obviously, but I still, you know, grew up with it and saw it plenty of times. But watching this, I think I can at least safely say that I think this is like the perfect, like, vehicle, like, I don't know, like interpretation and, and like representation of Winnie the Pooh. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a movie. It's only like an hour long, but still. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not long. It's a, it's a movie, but like, it's a, I, like, I feel like it's a perfect, I don't know, like story type of, you know, way to show Winnie the Pooh, where it's like everything is like Winnie the Pooh, like all the, I don't know, the the story of what they're doing in the movie is straight out of like one of the short stories or one of the books, and mm-hmm. the animation is so good, yeah, it, like because yeah, I because like I rewatched like you know some of the older classic Disney um, anime movies like Robin Hood and Hundred One Dalmatians, mm-hmm. and it, it they do such a great job of making it look like that, but just crisper. Yeah, which is what animation should be today. It should be taking like the the craftsmanship and the and the beauty it's of the, the same old style. essence, but it just right. updated better technology. But right. there's so many new animation that just looks lazy and like not even most of like, it. Like like I think it's like Justice League Action or Justice League Go, one of the new animated shows. Like I was watching like a clip from them. Like I draw better than this. I'm like this looks terrible. And like so watching watching this is like. It's just oh, this is exactly what animation should be because it's it's gorgeous and again it just fits, it fits you know Wayne the Pooh perfectly. But um, but yeah, I mean it's like uh, uh, all the voices were of course you know as great as always. The only like new one was um I guess Craig Ferguson and his owl. Uh, having Tom Kenny as Rabbit was new too, and that That's really true, that yeah. really threw me off when I first saw yeah, the movie. Yeah, I was like, I was like that like, is because that doesn't sound anything like Rabbit from the other things, but. But once yeah, once you get used one. to it, he even though it sounds a little off, the character work is perfect uh, yeah. as, as a rabbit. So it's a yeah. perfect character. It just sounds slightly different. And and you're just so used to Tom Kenny's voice as SpongeBob, it throws you off a little bit. But uh, I love so Craig Ferguson other... as Owl. I, oh, he, I thought he was loved great. Him as Owl, I thought he was great. Yeah, between him as Owl and then freaking John Cleese as a narrator, it's it's great. <laughs> just, I, I love hearing John. I mean, John Cleese is one of my favorite. Just the back and forth yeah. between John Cleese and Jim Cummings as Pooh is That's just great. one of the All best the parts of this breaks. movie. It is so no, yeah. funny. It's like, Pooh I, realized a pinecone would not win him the contest. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and then Pooh saw a note. I did? Yes. Right there at your feet. No. Right behind you. <laughs> on your left. No, Pooh. Your other left. No, behind you. No, back up. Oh, turn around. Oh, there. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, I mean, like again, like John Cleese just as a comedic actor, and then like the the tone this movie was going with, it's like the perfect combination. Um, I will say, after watching Christopher Robin, I do think I prefer um, what's his name is Eeyore because his voice is so perfect for Eeyore. The, um, he is good. The the brother from Everybody Loves Raymond, I forget the actor's name, yeah, but like I his, I don't remember either. Like his voice is so perfect for Eeyore, but I, I forget who did it for um for this one. Uh, in this one, it's Bud Lucky. Okay. Yeah, I mean he he was good too, but like yeah, it's like I, I think I think that's the only thing I prefer from like Christopher Robin was what's the same as Eeyore because yeah everything else in this movie is is perfect. I mean I don't I don't know what else to say. I mean it's again it's like the perfect 
representation of Winnie the Pooh. It's like, and and it's one of those movies where just everything is funny for no matter who's watching it. Like, yeah, you yeah, know, a a five year old can be watching this and think it's hilarious, and then a thirty five year old can watch this movie and think it's absolutely hilarious. Like, it is such universal comedy writing. I don't, I don't know if I've seen a better example in anything as far as something that can be this funny for anyone. Yeah, Absolutely everybody. anyone. The humor in this translates to any age so, like, seamlessly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is, like, the perfect thing for, like, parents to put on for their kids and they don't want to kill themselves, like, oh, just no. hearing it in the background. Like, even, like, even they could, like, if the parents like, okay, I have to sit down and, with my kid and make them watch something but they're only five years old so there's only so much they can watch i really don't want to watch like something like the wiggles or something like that right. where i'm just begging for but this so this is like perfect and it's like yeah it's not you know because some of the even the classic disney movies that we, we grew up with might be a little bit scary for younger kids but this is yeah, this is really. perfect yeah. yeah it's just the wordplay humor right off the front <laughs> is so funny it, like in in owl's Baxen song there's oh so God, many yeah. word jokes in there of like rhymes that should happen and then don't oh yeah like it's so brilliant like it is so well written so yeah, the, much work was put into this yeah i think that was when i laughed the hardest was at the end of the song where it's like back soon back soon <laughs> like back soon he's like no 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 uh, never <laughs> mind like, good soon. luck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i want to watch this again so bad it yeah, I mean, because so again, it's like it's literally only an hour long, but it's perfect, and it's like just a perfect little snippet of Winnie the Pooh dosage. And yeah, I mean, like, I think I, my, I, I think the part I might have laughed the hardest at is in the uh, Winnie the Pooh's Honey song when he's uh, just singing about honey, and uh, he just has a line where he's just like, "There's a honey poo. He's just made of honey, so I guess I'll eat him too." And he just bites the head off of it. That killed me that was so funny because i did not see that coming at all and uh my dad's favorite part is at the very end when they all get out of the the pit and then all of a sudden they hear like a noise and it's when christopher robin comes walking out of the woods but they hear uh, a noise and everyone like freaks out like oh the backs and piglet just goes back to the pit and just runs straight back into the pit that's my that's my dad's favorite part of that whole movie but, that was a good part too. but the best parts are the whole not seen is just brilliant absolutely brilliant with piglet yeah. and Pooh and rabbit i i'm sure some of you guys have seen that scene because that's that's probably the most famous scene from the movie and <laughs> then uh the other part is when is owl's big speech and then he flies out of the pit to, oh yeah to, to send piglet on his way <laughs> then flies back down to wait <laughs> and then they're all waiting there's like with shocked expression it's like owl i can't believe how wonderful that speech was <laughs> fantastic fan that was even funnier because while we were watching that in the theater we all started laughing right off the bat because we all saw owl in the pit we're like owl can right. fly yeah what are you doing <laughs> and, and then they make that a joke and then they make it another joke yeah that's, that's that's great writing right there anyway i could talk about this movie too much too i love this movie if you haven't seen the winnie the pooh movie from 2011 go out of your way to see it it's it's one of the best kids movies ever made and um Really, really funny. It is. I can attest to that. All right. This movie came out 2011. It had a budget of $30 million, and it made just under $50 million. 
So it really yeah. didn't do that well, which is very surprising. And Shame. this is why they haven't made another one, I'm assuming. Of because course. Because this didn't make more, which is just Again. disappointing because it is a masterpiece. Um, yeah, they, they don't want wholesome. They want cash grab. I know. It's a shame. Uh, it's got a 7.2 on IMDb. It's got a 3.6 on Letterboxd. It's got a 91% critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes wow. and only an 80% audience score. I was surprised that the audience score was was only at 80%. I honestly can't. Wait. Huh? What 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 mongoloid would have a problem with this movie? Like what what neckbeard is like? Oh, the part where they're in the pit isn't accurate. Like what problems would anyone have? I I I I don't I don't know. I'm not gonna go Too in and long. look at the audience reviews. I'm not. I don't know. I, I, I don't like that. Would just ruin my hope for humanity. The ones on was... the on the front page seem to be mostly positive. So I, again, like what, what what problems would you have with this movie? I I honestly don't know. Unless you just are anti kids movies, just period. Yes, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know yeah. how you couldn't enjoy. Couldn't so, enjoy this movie. Whatever. Anyway, great great movie. All right. So that was Winnie the Pooh. I watched the game, the David Fincher movie from 1997. Um, this movie I've been told about by a couple different people for a while. I really need to watch. Um, and the biggest thing with this movie, it is a complete waste of time. I mean, Start if you to think finish, about it, it is a that. complete waste of time. There is no plot. There's no characters. There's no anything in this movie. This movie is solely made just to be a crazy ride for an audience of you don't know what's going on. That That is the sole purpose for this movie well, I, being I, made. I would disagree with the characters. I mean, Michael no, Douglas' the, character. He's not a char- he has no arc. There's no change. There's no growth. Hey, there, no, there's not. The only change is he wants to talk with his wife more at the end. That is the only change. He character. realizes that he takes everything he has for granted and he needs to like actually reach out and be more like not spontaneous, but like appreciate what he has in the end. Mm. Eh. Yes. <laughs> not, nah, nah, Maybe nah. he didn't see it, but trust me. I will agree. There, I mean, otherwise there aren't really any characters, but there's at least character with him. Eh. I didn't even think there was that much of character. But, but, uh, but I know what you mean by, like, the, at the end, it's kind of like, okay, what was the point? Which like, I like, but... The movie changes, like, 12 different times, and I know, and obviously sure. that's the point. But the problem with that is, a few of those changes are way better than when they're negated later on. Um, the ultimate end of the movie was really dumb. It was it was really stupid. The, the whole point of this movie makes absolutely zero sense, and it's totally just dumb. Um, the most interesting part was like the third twist when they oh they were gonna take all of his money whatever that was a way more interesting story than what this movie ended up being is this like crazy company that makes you like go insane and, and plays you all the stuff and then robs you whatever like that was way more interesting that's such a more interesting story than what this movie ended up being um yeah i don't know i i, I as i'm watching this movie I'm just watching for all the for all the changes because I already know uh, right from the start. I'm like, okay, I already know what this movie's gonna be like. Um, I was kind of surprised that everything is pretty much straightforward through the whole movie, at least in a way. Um, like I I was waiting to be I, I was trying to figure out. All right, did this whole thing start? 
when he woke up at the very beginning of the movie, or did it start uh, when he met his uh, Sean Penn, or did it start the night, um, that first night that he had the card? And I was like, okay, either it started at the very beginning of the movie and it's been happening the whole time, or something happened when Sean Penn first was introduced, or he actually did call them that, that first night, but they just didn't show it or something. So I was waiting yeah, I for it to that. be one of those three parts, and it's actually not. It actually is as you're watching the movie, at least as far as that goes. So I was impressed with yeah, that. No, I was like, okay, fair enough. They didn't try and do that on good, you. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, I didn't think about that. Because, yeah, if you start introducing, like, the whole is this a dream, what is real, then it's like, okay, now you're just kind of, you know, jerking me around. So, right. you know, so that's I a good point. I kept waiting on something actually... like that to happen, and it didn't. Sure, because like, okay, we've been burned enough. so many times. Yeah. So I was like, fair enough. But That's other than point. that, most of the movie, even if what happens isn't predictable, it it's still it's not very surprising. At least not for me. Most of it was, even if I didn't know exactly what was going to happen, I knew something was going to happen. If that makes sure. sense. And half of yeah. the surprises was not thinking something was going to happen in certain moments. So. I don't know. It's hard for me to watch movies and be completely surprised by anything just because of the stuff I've watched. And one of the biggest reasons is watching professional wrestling for so long. I'm not exactly sure what all the correlation is, but watching being a lifelong professional wrestling fan, you you pick up on stuff so much because you just watch storytelling happen all the time and, and twists happens yeah. all, and twists happen all the time. Um, so that's what I credit. For me being me being able to see stuff in movies or not be surprised as much, even more than just watching a lot of movies, which is odd. Um, I need to try and break that down more somehow. But anyway, um, so that was fine. Um, at some point, it just gets like, at least for me, it just gets like, oh, okay. Now, now I just feel like it's just kind of lazy. It's just lazily changing things. Just like, okay, now you think this, and let's break, let's change, and do this. I felt that way with the ending a lot. Um, and then there's scenes, you know, where he's sitting in the car driving away after they were shot at, at the girl, at the girl's house. Um, yeah. one, you're sitting there like, okay, well, she's in on it. Cause there's the van with CRS or whatever it is that said like, Oh, right. repair service. Like, okay, well that's clearly one of their vans. And then that whole thing. And then they're driving away. And then she's like, yeah, well they, they took all your stuff and all that stuff. And then he's calling and he's giving them passwords. Like, okay, well now she's taking the password here. The whole, and Oh, they're sending you all your money's gone. Okay. Well they clearly intercepted the phone call. Like all that stuff. I'm just like, all right, this is all very obvious. Um, but then once that ended, I was like, that's an interesting thread. But then they, then they pulled the rug out from that thread too later. And it was like, oh, okay, well see, that was more in, that was the biggest disappointment. And I was like, there was a few threads. And I was like, okay, once it got to a certain point, I was like, all right, that's a pretty interesting story. We've gotten to a pretty interesting story, but then it immediately would go away and go to another, to me, less interesting story until we got to the least interesting story by the actual end, which was a disappointment for me. Um, and then you're sitting there and they're like, Oh, okay. You have a, Oh, they have a real gun and that, and he shoots his brother. I was like, okay, well that he, that's obviously still part of the game. And then, he go. the whole point was for him to commit suicide and then jumps off the thing. And I was like, okay. And I was like, well, now we're watching him fall for too long. So clearly he's not going to die here. And then yeah, he and you're lands, not going to end the movie. And he lands in an airbag. Okay. How he was at the top of a building. How tall was this building? Ian, uh, a couple stories, at least. I mean, 
it was uh it was not way quite a skyscraper but yeah um one i'm not sure if an airbag would be that's not really that big of an airbag would be uh would work for that two do you understand how dangerous it, dangerous it is to land in an airbag like oh, you yeah. have to land completely perfectly so you don't break everything he clearly yeah. was not going to land perfectly committing suicide jumping off the roof and then he's just fine at the end I was like, okay, that's that's pushing it there, and then yeah, I mean that part's a little yeah. It's like that. There's like, a lot I'm of like, chance this whole thing, Your whole plan, this whole dumb game thing, is to drive a man to commit suicide. What is wrong with you? Like, what it? It, it was the most. It was the dumbest thing. I'm sorry. It was the dumbest <laughs> thing. Uh, it's it's brilliantly acted. Michael Douglas is great. Fantastic performance. Great. He's always amazing. So that was a lot of fun. Everyone in it is great as far as like sure. the acting. I I wish Sean Penn was in it more because I, I know I don't, stole I don't say every that very scene often. he was. <laughs> me neither. I'm not a huge fan. Other than Spicoli, I'm not a huge oh. Sean Penn fan. But every scene he was in, he just steals. And I was like, man, I I kind of wish I'd see this character a little bit more. Sure. Um. And and you know every uh, technically it's all great because it's Fincher yeah, and everything Fincher, looks yeah. amazing. The shots look incredible and all that stuff is great. Um. The atmosphere and the, the the sets and everything are fantastic. All that's great. Yeah. But this is the most. It's the dumbest, most pointless story, and goes nowhere. And it's just if if you want to watch a movie that you're just going to be surprised at every single turn and just never know what's going on, and you enjoy that thing, then this is by all means. This is perfect. Absolutely perfect. If you want, I don't know. If you want some more in a movie, like yeah, which is which is fine. I totally get that. Um. But if that's all your movie is, which is all this movie is, eh, I'd rather watch Fight Club if I want to see a big surprise. I think hmm. that's way done way better. See, I think I, I'm not like I love David Fincher; he's one of my favorite directors. But Fight Club is actually one of my least favorite movies of his. I mean, Seven is the best one by far, in my opinion. I mean, Seven is fantastic. I mean, yeah. that, that's a perfect movie. Um, and even I. I really liked Social Network that you had me watch. So it's like yeah, Seven, I like Seven Social uh, Network, Fight Club, Girl with the Dragon, Dragon Tattoo was good too. I, I enjoyed sure. that one too that you had me watch. So yeah, all those I think are light years better than this movie. Sure. I mean, I get it. It's fine. It's fine. A little it's disappointing nothing. for me, but, but fine. But you're weird. <laughs> I want a movie that, that something happens in it, Ian. <laughs> That's all. You're just, you're, all right. Unless I, I was, unless was, you have really compelling characters that make it more entertaining than the plot, that but that's not this movie. Sure. Anyway, enough of that. <laughs> this movie came out in 1997. It was his follow up after Seven. Really, really his first kind of really a sophomore movie after the massive explosion Ooh. that Seven was. Um, yeah. This movie had a fifty million dollar budget. It made just about one hundred ten million dollars, so not not too bad, not too bad. Uh, Seven point eight rating on IMDb. It's got a three point seven rating on Letterboxd, a seventy three percent critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes, and an eighty four percent audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. Pretty good, pretty good uh, scores across the board for uh, for David Fincher's The Game. All right, so now moving on to our next movie swap, which will not be on the next podcast, but will actually be 
on our first YouTube episode of Movie Swamp, yes. which is going to be our new YouTube show. We're moving Movie Swamp from this platform to YouTube, and that'll shorten the podcast, keep it more Batman focused, and right, uh, right. give us a whole new YouTube show, which we're gonna we're gonna get to do, and should be uh, should be a lot of fun. And really, we'll be able to delve into more the movie to the Movie Swamp movies instead of trying to keep them as short as possible as we talk yeah, as we like, do here. Even though we go way too long, we're already at like almost fifty minutes. But uh, anyway, we'll be able to t- shorten that, and also. Once movies start to come out again, we'll have a, more of a platform to talk Leave about those. new movies that are coming out, and, and that'll be a part of yeah. the part of the show and everything. So it just it helps branch out because it's uh we're, we're we're trying to cover a lot of stuff in one show right now. We are, yeah, especially like if there's a heavy news week, we're screwed. Yeah, yeah, we're in we're in <laughs> pretty big trouble. If there's a heavy so news out. week and we've watched a lot of movies and stuff like that, it's a Forget yeah, it. yeah. It's <laughs> a two hour long episode. Um, At least, yeah. So yeah, so it'll just help shorten that out. So for our first movie swap YouTube show, Ian, we're gonna pick our next movie. So. Do you know what you want me to watch for the first one? I think I do. Okay. Well, okay. when you know, let me know. Well, question. You've seen uh, Blade Runner, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, then I, then I know I'm going to have you watch. Okay. Well, let's have it. I'm going to have you watch Blade Runner 2049. Yeah, I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. Alrighty. Good fit. I mean, it's it's a long movie. You gotta have, like, it's a long movie, but it may be the best looking movie I've ever seen, and and that's saying a lot. Cause yeah. I mean, there there's so many. You know, I love my Lord of the Rings and sure. glamour shots, but my God, it like the it's the special effects, and then of course Roger Deakins cinematography. It's it's amazing. It's a long movie. It's way too long, but it's still a really really great. And uh, you know me, I love really Scott. I think right. it's better than the original. Yeah, well, I hope so, because I'm not a huge fan of the original Blade Runner movie. Um, right, me neither. I mean, I think it's fine. Like, as a cinematic yeah, I get, piece, I get it's very I, impressive I get and all that beloved, stuff. Yeah. But I, I just don't really enjoy movie, it. It's, it's, um, oh, God. Uh, I, so, I, I, no, yeah. this is one I missed in the theater, and I, I, I like, meant to see it and then did. didn't, and I, I missed it. And then because I missed it, I was like, oh, well, the whole point of this movie was how great it looks. So I was like, now I don't want to see it because uh, I missed it in the theater. So that's kind of been yeah, I mean, a little really bit of problem. my like if, Yeah, if you have a big screen, I mean, you're welcome to come over and watch it. Like if you want to, because we have big TVs and. Oh, but, that's uh, not a bad idea. But no, it's it's still it's still a really good movie. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, this is definitely one I've been meaning to watch, so it'll be nice to finally get, finally get to that one for sure. It's um, a big one. A lot. Do what? And it's like a good fit for our first episode. It'll be a lot to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, all right. Well, for yours, I am actually going to do something that I don't think, I don't think I've done this yet with movie swap, but oh. I'm going to have you watch a movie that I literally just watched and it's going to be Alfred Hitchcock's rear window. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, okay. I, I finally watched a movie and I was like, all right, there we go. That's the one I'm going to get Ian to watch right off the bat for uh for movie swap absolutely classic all-time great movie um i loved it loved finally watching it and um so i think i think that's a pretty good fit for uh for our first first movie swap more modern more modern 
auteur type movie and then uh, an all-time classic 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 film as well uh fortunately for you not that long of a movie as is it shorter than vertigo um i don't remember it's this is just under two hours so it's about it's about an hour and 50 minutes or so so uh yeah not not as long as vertigo it's not as slow as vertigo either and it all takes place in one room i'm telling you it is whenever i watch movies like this that are able to do that like some of these classic movies it is just so impressive oh sure yeah, I mind, I, I, I mind a lot mind. of times, but when they're written this well, it is, it's just a joy to be able to, right. to listen to, to dialogue like this, especially because it's just not done this well anymore. No, just not. But, uh, yeah. So for next, for, for our first movie swap YouTube show, whenever that ends up coming out, hopefully sometime next week, yeah. um, Ian's going to watch rear window and I'm going to watch blade runner 2049. Perfect. All right, so almost an hour into the show, time to finally talk about <laughs> the Dark Knight, or or not really. We're actually not talking oh, about the Dark Knight. We're talking about the Bright Knight, uh, aka Adam West, aka the William Dozier Batman TV series from 1966. We got two more episodes, both with the Riddler and its death in slow motion, and the Riddler's false notion. Now, I'm, right off the bat, I'm going to say that is a horrible title. Yeah, um, it, it's it's a silent film, not a slow yeah, I motion. I don't know what the slow motion. Yeah, <laughs> and and silent films are usually sped up films. Sped up. Yeah. So it makes no sense. Uh, no. Whatsoever. Yeah, they should have done no something sense. with like silence. You know, I feel like you could have uh, yeah. quiet or silent. Like, yeah, the slow motion makes no sense. It's a stupid title. Um, <laughs> and no one least, dies either. So no, at least every, every part of this title is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Um, anyway, so, uh, we got the Riddler and, uh, this is an, okay. I'm just, this is an interesting episode. You have a whole, yeah, just... basically the, the whole episode is Riddler is filming a silent movie where he is pulling these different stunts and Batman is showing up and then he's filming Batman react to yeah. them. And that's basically his whole plan. The whole movie is just to cause trouble and then film the, him causing trouble and then film Batman and Robin showing up afterwards. That's that's pretty much the whole plot of this movie. Um, now, it's interesting because the whole point of this movie is basically Frank Gorshin. It's it's just a vehicle for Frank Gorshin to just perform. That, that's oh, totally. really the whole point. Because at this point... I don't know if it had happened yet, but he will get nominated for an Emmy for uh, outstanding performance in a supporting role in a comedy for his his portrayal of the Riddler. And I was gonna uh, say because yeah, when he when he came out as Chaplin, I'm like that's the that's the thing that freaking Academy Award uh, or not Academy Award, but like um, award uh, groups like uh, boards totally fall for is the. Yeah. The classic performance and then someone redoing the class so like when he did that i was like there's no way he wasn't nominated for an enemy Emmy, even if not just for this episode or this season but like all together after seeing that yeah now it wasn't it was it was for the first episode technically sure that he was yeah. um nominated for the emmy but he uh th- this is clearly a vehicle for him to get to do stuff which exactly look 
as completely absurd and nonsensical as this movie as this episode is these episodes are which they make zero sense no part of these make any sense um but it doesn't matter really to me because i'm just watching frank gorshin just be frank gorshin and it's so great to watch that it overshadows even the lack of good episode yeah like I'm, i'm totally fine with like you coming up with a nonsensical reason for all the stuff to happen. Cause I'd much rather this where it's like, you're, you're shining the spotlight on your talent. And it's like, I, who cares the circumstances? Just let them, you know, show their stuff. I'd much yeah. rather this than like waste a incredible actor performance. Cause it's not the worst when you have like an incredible actor who has like the dumbest, most needless role yeah. in a movie. It's like, like I think of like Benicio del Toro, not only in the last shot, but also Marvel cause Marvel did nothing with him. It's mm-hmm. like, what are you what are you doing you've got a great talent there and you have him be this like in the movie for five minutes so i'm, I'm totally fine with them just be like dude do your thing mm-hmm. yeah no for <laughs> we'll, sure. we'll come up with a story later <laughs> um another thing is i hope you enjoyed it because this is the last time we're gonna see him until one more he's in one more episode in season three Oh, man, he's not in season two at all nope he is not in season two at all due to a uh, contract dispute after being nominated for an Emmy. Yeah, because um, that's when you start asking for that, that bigger paycheck. Yeah, so there was uh there was some sort of That sucks. Some sort of hang up with uh that I don't remember exactly what it had to be like renegotiating was. his contract then or something like that. Yeah, I I think so. Yeah, I mean because um, I mean granted, yeah, once he won an award for this role, it's like okay, like well, you know, he, time he was to nominated re- for the Emmy. He didn't win the Emmy. Oh, I mean that that but, too, yeah, yeah. Um but uh, he does he does appear in the film though, which does take sure, place which, in between God. in between season one and season two is when they shot the film, sure. which was sure. like one month in between seasons. But uh, um, yeah, he does not sucks. he does not come back in season two because of a uh, contract disputes, and because of that, we have. <laughs> No, they just signed it. I'm sure it's just an fu to Gorshin, but they're just like, all right, we'll just recast the Riddler, and poor John Aston has yeah. to play the Riddler for an episode in season two. And I love yeah, John Aston. John Aston's great. Sure, he's he's hilarious. Sure. Um, but he's to not the Riddler. <laughs> it's I feel bad for him. It's like you could have literally come up with anything. Half the time they're just making up characters and exactly yeah. And uh, no, they they decided to throw him in that green leotard. Um, That's, just to it, yeah, spite totally Gorshin, not John Aston's fault. Yeah. And which is a shame. So we will get to see that in season two eventually. But we're not going to see true. Frank Gorshin again until season three, and he's only in one more episode. So uh, shame. I know he's in you know, four in this first season, and then doesn't show up again till season three. I have to say, with this episode, one thing I I actually liked, and I think we haven't really seen yet, is like this is one of the only episodes where you find out that the villain's plan, like, wasn't just his plan, like uh, with the whole. Like Van Jones hiring him to film yeah. the movie, I actually liked that. I was like, oh, I mean, granted, it turns out his the Riddler's plan was you know to rob him. Right. So, but I still like the whole like, oh, there's kind of a little conspiracy behind the villain's plan. It's not just you know all their masterminds. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, but again, this goes into just the terrible writing of this episode. They <laughs> they announced that like halfway through. He he reveals that Van Jones hired him, and you're like, oh, at the at the lemonade party, right? And you're like, yeah. well, why? That would have been a nice twist at the end. Yeah, good point. Yeah, that would have been a hell? great moment, and just nope, just 
thrown away. Robin, the the big cliffhanger is Robin's about to be cut in half with a buzzsaw, <laughs> and then it's just a dummy. There's not even yeah. a. It's just gone. Oh, it's just a dummy now. Oh, yeah, that that felt uh, like the, okay. the pad at runtime. Yeah, that was that was disappointing. It's like there's yeah, so many of those moments with these uh with these two episodes. Yeah, I definitely felt like that was like okay, we need a little bit more to fill the fill the time here. It's just like oh well, Robin's not really here. It's a dummy. Yeah, um, I will say though, you know what's funny is that I don't I don't know if it's just me, but like I've always seen some facial similarities between Frank Gorshin and Leonardo DiCaprio, just a little <laughs> bit. Yeah, and so at the end when he comes to uh, Van Jones's house. As the cowboy with the mustache, I kept thinking of freaking <laughs> DiCaprio once upon a time. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about that, but that's no, that that's fair. I I could see that. That is pretty funny. That, I, yeah, that like funny. the 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 bad guy he's playing on the on the show where he has this big monologue. You know, I was like, oh my god, it's totally him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, that's pretty awesome. I wish I had seen that. I wish I had thought of that as i was uh as i was watching it but that when is, you watch it again you'll, you'll see what i'm talking about that's pretty great um <laughs> but but just going back to gorshin just going back to the very beginning with him just being charlie chaplin in this thing with the uh what the clon what is it the uh the what is the name of the oh Theater? my gosh no no the um <sighs> i i blanked on the names of them the uh like because he's with there with the cops chasing him and there's a name oh for yeah them. but um, oh yeah the bobbies like the old school yeah like, well uh, no but there's like an actual name yeah i know what you're talking about for yeah. them and i forgot i forgot what it was yeah. um but they got the uh, billy sticks and, uh, just right and the... off the bat that is just wonderful the whole time and and, and it goes on for a while and it's great oh, and, yeah. <laughs> and and i enjoyed every second of it and sure. would have been fine if just the whole episode was just Frank Gorshin as the Riddler pretending to be Charlie Chaplin. I could have you know watched the whole episode they with that. <laughs> I yeah. could have watched that. It was so entertaining watching him do yeah. that because it's Frank Gorshin who's already just, you know, he's a master impressionist anyway. And uh, sure. and it's just, it, it was just so much fun to watch. I really enjoyed him, uh, yeah, you can tell that like they wrote that first, like, oh, we we gotta see that as like, oh wait, we gotta write a Batman Keystone plot around cops. The... That's the name. Oh, okay, yeah. What the 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 specific name for the cops in the Charlie in the Chaplin film? That that's what sure. I was thinking of. Anyway, um, just watching him go back and forth, and then he ends up stealing from the box office, but it's not even that much money, and he's literally no. just doing this as part of the thing. Uh, we see our, I'm pretty sure, just our second. Um, black character in the whole show. I was going to ask. Yeah, um, I was like, I don't remember, especially seeing one like prominently featured like well, this. Well, the only, uh, well, the first one was in the King Tut episode. The reporter is the first, oh, okay. yeah. is the first black character in the show. And I'm pretty sure this is a second because that was only yeah, a few I, episodes I can ago. Remember, I can remember any other than that. Um, yeah, with the box office attendant. Um, but uh, just, just that whole scene was great and then ends up taking the, the, the the money or whatever from there and then then leaves and and i love how van jones is like angry at him oh yeah but he hired the riddler it turns out so did he not hire him till after this or is he just pretending to be mad i i think it's sincere because he's such a purist of silent movies where like yeah as he says he He's like, oh, these these people are taking the attention. Like, I think he's that much a purist where it's like, 
anyone trying to duplicate that not in a silent movie is like but he hired him to do this i i, I know i know but still it's like even though he, i just think he's like his principal is even getting on top of that other than the fact that you know he actually hired him to do this it's like it's still how dare you like it's yeah. like it makes no sense i guess um let's see i i, I wrote down a couple of things I enjoyed watching from these episodes. Uh, uh, I love at the very beginning. Um, now, okay, because of the extended chaplain scene, they had to cut basically all of the, uh, like half of the Batman or uh, Bruce gets or Alfred gets the call from commissioner. Yeah, commissioner, I, I uh, that. commissioner and Chief O'Hara discuss the criminal and then have to call Wayne Manor and then Alfred takes it and then Bruce and Dick are doing some educational thing and That's then he has right. to take them from there and then they have to talk and then. Go to the bat cave, change in the bat suit, atomic batteries to power, turbines to speed, take out, you see the shot of the Batmobile driving and then pulling up to the thing and then going in. They basically cut most of that and you have Bruce and Dick already in the study and then Bruce just answered himself and then they basically just cut to them pulling right up to the headquarters. Well, that's funny too because then at the end, it, there's like a tie into like it being Aunt Harriet's birthday and I was like, right. what? And so right. that totally makes sense. It was Which like, is you know, never mentioned. Because <laughs> you, know, you know there would have been some setup where like Bruce and Dick are like playing her party or something yep. and then they get the call. Yep. Oh, yep. that totally makes sense now. Yeah. Yeah, so they did have <laughs> to cut that. But I did love how when after the call, Bruce and Dick run into each other. Yeah, I know. Like, the I was polls. Like, what was that? <laughs> I wonder if they just left that in for like comedic purposes. I don't know, but it made me laugh because it was it's so. Like, excuse me. But there's there's a few of those moments. There was a few with Alfred earlier when Alfred is like, remember when Alfred answered? It was in one of the earlier episodes. He like answers the phone from Gordon and he's like annoyed with yeah. talking to Gordon and he's like, all right, I'll go get him. Sir. And it was it's just one of those weird moments where you're like that that doesn't fit with anything yeah, else have, that has happened. It's been like the, the tenth take, and by that point he was just ugh. But yeah, yeah it's, like it's weird. It's weird that uh, it might have just been like legit, like they almost ran into each other. And like, God, just leave it in. Yeah, I, I have no idea. I, with a show like no, this, I, I, it's I, impossible to tell. Right? No, but I totally noticed that. Yeah, uh, that was really funny. Um, just the fact that Riddler uses sleeping cream pies. Okay. Yeah, and exploding a Claire. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that was great too. But <laughs> yeah, just the sleeping thing, cream pies was just awesome. That was great. Yeah. That that's an all time great. Um, Batman villain gadget right there. Um, sure. Whipped sleeping cream. Um, also, I loved when they go, when they pull up to the library. Or one, the riddles in this are great too. They make no sense. Oh, yeah. There's a lot um, of them. Yeah. Which, is always, which is always great. <laughs> that was a great riddle. When is a, uh, uh, a, what is, what is it? Uh, a dishonest shortcake? How do you bake a dishonest shortcake? Like dishonest shortcake. What? There's strawberry shortcake and blueberry shortcake, and then it's like, well, what? What could be a dishonest? Problem? I was like, I know, library. It's like library. One is oh. that a real thing, or is that just a play on the berry shortcake thing, and to make it dishonest? I'm guessing that. <laughs> I, I'm assuming that's what it is, and of course that you know it sounds like library, so that's how they figure that out. Um, I mean, that's not as good as the ballpoint banana, which is the greatest answer to any riddle of all time ever sure. what is yellow and rights that is the greatest answer to a riddle in the history of the world there's nothing <laughs> even close to that um 
but this is this is pretty close. That one's pretty close. As That's far as one. one that just makes absolutely no sense. Um, but they go to the library, and of course you see it, it may make it very obvious where you see the Riddler and and his uh, van parked in front of a do not park police sign. Right. <laughs> and so as soon as they show that in the establishing shot, you're like, oh man, this is going to be great. And but then it's even better. Because Batman and Robin pull in, and they immediately look, and Robin's just like, ah, oh, some people park right in front of, look at him, park right in front of the uh, the no parking space. And then Batman's just like, wait, but Robin, it's okay, because he has diplomatic license plates. <laughs> <laughs> that was fantastic. And, he, and, then, and then he goes on to a little spiel about how important diplomatic relations are. But uh, that was... <laughs> That was fantastic, fantastic moment there. Um, then no, they my, get my favorite. My favorite scene. For, oh no, no, I was just gonna say. Then they get knocked out by a giant book. Uh, yeah, I mean, almost knocked out. Yeah, <laughs> that comes flying down. Uh, some silent film book that comes flying down from the air, which was which is always great. Uh, the all real. the all opening key that Batman has yeah, is kind of scary. That's pretty pretty ha- pretty nifty. That's a little scary too. Um. <laughs> I mean, I guess they can climb up any wall anyway, so that's fair. But, but yeah, uh, but now they can get into any building, apparently. Uh, yeah, but but that was that was that was one of my favorite parts. Is just that diplomatic license plate was was great. Um, but what were you gonna say? Uh, no, my favorite part for sure was uh, at the end when you know uh, the Riddler throws Robin off the roof. And, oh uh, boy! Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> freaking batman is even higher and throws a batarang and tells dick to catch it with his teeth uh which he does somehow <laughs> as he's falling he catches it with his teeth he's able to hold on yep. and then you know yep. when he when yep. batman pulls into when ben, uh, batman pulls into the top he's like he's like wow you know holy molars and he just says something about like you know i'm glad i took care of my teeth <laughs> batman just goes yes Dental hygiene d- did just save your life, Robin. Yep. And like he's about to, he's about to say like more people should, and then he gets cut off. I was like, <laughs> uh, I, yeah. I just love that. That's that's all time great. That was an that's an all time great moment. Yeah, Robin falling <laughs> off the building catches the batarang in his teeth. That is that is that is fantastic. Yes. Um, uh. Uh, this episode really really made me wish I had lemonade here. Um. Yeah, they look pretty good. I just I heard lemonade and immediately was like, man, I really could go for some lemonade right now. I I haven't had a Chick Fil A lemonade in a long time. Yeah, it's been well. I mean, it's not been too long. That's that's what I get any time I go there. But it's it's been at least probably I don't know, probably a month or so. Yeah, since man, the lockdown. It's already closed. Everything's closed. Yeah. I really want lemonade now after watching that. <laughs> um, even though that lemonade made everyone mad at each other. Right, yeah, not, everyone not, to not fight, that kind, but... which is even funnier because I just watched Kingsman a few days ago. I again, did too. Yeah, which is one of my all-time favorite movies. It's in my top ten all-time favorite movies. I, I, yeah, I, I adore that movie, and you know that the whole point of that is to make everyone angry and kill each other, and that's basically what they yeah. were doing in this episode. I was like, hey, they did it uh, first. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> they did it first in Batman course, uh, with the yeah. spiked lemonade, and uh, what what was the word from it? Temper tonic? <laughs> is that what? Batman called it like whatever the thing oh, was that he spiked it with. It was like, yeah, t- it was called like temper tonic or something like Probably that. that. Sounds like something they would say, <laughs> which was pretty funny. I didn't know that was a real thing, uh, um, yeah. <laughs> but, 
I also I liked the um the the clue like the that first riddle when um about everything in the cabinet should not be alive and Alfred is just like well it, if any respectable kitchen nothing nothing should be alive and the, <laughs> and then him and Robin are like yeah you know dead forks dead knives that's like one who talks like that and then <laughs> dead spoons dead pots and dead pans are like oh deadpan expression silent film stars deadpans and that and i was like wow they, they just described their own show within <laughs> within uh, an episode so that was pretty great i, yeah, I it's, enjoyed it's very metaphorical um also i love just how in love with batman commissioner gordon is in this episode oh I mean, yeah he's he really straight up fangirls out just the whole time he's just yeah especially when he's doing the whole uh, like chemistry thing with uh pauline he's like my God! With just him going to the Batcave. Is this the first time Commissioner goes to the Batcave? And sure, I mean, to yeah. be fair, you would be in awe if you went to the oh, Batcave totally. for the first time. So I mean, I get that, but like it was happening before he went to the Batcave. Oh yeah, it's uh, like, yeah. I don't care. I don't care if you have to roofie me to get me to the Batcave. Like just being there would be awesome. Oh yeah, for sure, in a heartbeat. Um, but that was that was pretty funny. And then yeah, we have the most insane lie detector test of all time. So complicated. To where Batman <laughs> takes a bag with a mask on it and puts it over her face and then asks her felt. questions and then she answers them and then he somehow keeps the air in the bag without actually <laughs> covering it and then pours the air in a beaker and then puts water in it and if it turns red, that means she didn't use more oxygen than necessary. So, therefore, she's telling the truth. I don't even think they said what color it was going to turn if it was a lie. Uh, they said it, it just it would stay clear. Yeah. And then it but if there was too much oxygen used, it would just stay clear. One, I'm no chemistry professor, but I know this is total BS. You think? Two, how can you trap someone's air without like quickly sealing it on the other side? Uh, um, another thing, wouldn't it make more sense if it were to change color if there was an ex more level of oxygen than just normal? Like, wouldn't the change in color make more? Even if you were making it up, wouldn't that make more sense to like, oh, if they're lying, it'll turn red. Like, that's much easier to just explain, and you can just say that. It's like, okay, fair enough. Sure. But they decided to like overcome. They're like, no, if it turns red, then it's good. And if it doesn't turn, then that's bad. I, I don't, I'm done. Now I have a headache because I tried to, <laughs> I was trying to explain that. It makes no sense. It's, yeah, you put more thought into it than the writers did. Even for this show. Yeah, no exactly. Um, uh, yeah, th those are the main things that I had written down. And then, of course, the Robin with the with the teeth is um absolutely <laughs> fantastic um uh, just watching everyone fight is is entertaining when the whole party just starts fighting because you see two, two women start the fight and i don't yeah, think yeah, we've seen really women at fight at all yet i don't think show. so um they they really stay away from that uh, so much oh, sure. so that when batman's trying to find robin and he corners the henchwoman he's like you better oh, come yeah. with me or i might do something that I don't normally do because of Robin. Yeah, he does get dark. He's like, Commissioner, you need to come with me just to make sure I don't do something I'll regret because of Robin. Yeah. Like, Jeez. Like, 
what show are we watching? No, Zack Snyder <laughs> slip in there? What's going on? He's, he's, yeah, exactly. Uh, but this still makes more sense because there's actually a reason for him to be like that. Anyway, um, uh, right. and he has self control. <laughs> right, right, right. But that was uh, that was that was interesting. Um, Batman doesn't even try and break up any of these fights. He just stands oh, yeah. there and just yells, "Citizens, stop fighting!" That's all. Yeah, he tries. yeah, that was weird. I'm like, you, you would think he would intervene, but no. Nah. Uh, that was <laughs> pretty watching. good. Um, Robin, when he gets kidnapped by Little Bo Peep, uh, oh. that's just weird the whole way Why? around. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand that at all. Um, Must have just had access to the costume. Like, oh, well, we should just. <laughs> You're probably right. <laughs> well, You're probably right. <laughs> they ran out of costumes for it. Like, can, yeah. can we find other... anything else just on this uh, Warner Brothers lot somewhere? Yep. Yep. That's a good point. I didn't even think about that. You're probably right. I'm, I'm willing to bet that's exactly what um, happened. <laughs> so Robin gets taken. He's put on this conveyor belt with a buzz saw on the or a table saw on the end, and you know he's going to be sawed in half. Um, <laughs> there's a lever with settings with speed settings. And it's, like, not very fast, fast, and then, like, super fast. Um, or, yeah, uh, yeah, real fast. It's it's uh, stop, not so fast, fast, and real fast. And Riddler just laughs and just throws the lever all the way to real fast. And the conveyor belt moves, like, <laughs> a half mile every, like, two days. Like, it just... It just creeps along, and it, you're just like, man, I wonder what I wonder what not so fast is like. Does it just stay still? Like, well, I'm pretty sure, like when they show the shot of like when Batman comes in there, and like you know the the blade is about to supposedly kill right. Robin. I'm pretty sure I saw the conveyor belt like even come to a, a bit of a stop because like, oh crap, like we can't have it. You know, the dummy get sawn in half, and it's like I'm pretty sure they even stopped it a little bit to probably, slow down even more. You're probably right, but I'm pretty uh, sure. That was uh, that was ridiculous. Um, <laughs> also, oh, I forgot to talk about. So the whole time Riddler is and his goons are filming a silent film, right? And so one of the things when they go into the bakery, oh gosh, I forgot. That's what I wanted to talk about next. We got to go back to that. So the original clue, it after the Charlie Chaplin thing at the very beginning, uh, there's a uh, a riddle, and the answer to the riddle is it's like a uh, when is a bandstand or no, it, it's, um, I don't remember what the riddle was, but it was something. And then Robin figures out, Oh, it's musician slang because the answer is bread and bread means money. And I love how they have to explain that reference to uh, yeah. commissioner Gordon and chief of air. Cause that's like just in the regular vernacular now. And I, I guess it wasn't then. That's oh. the only thing I can assume. So them having to constantly explain about bread being a reference to money is just very odd watching <laughs> watching that, um, which is pretty funny. But then when they're filming in the bakery and they're throwing the pies and everything, they do all that and they blow up the safe and whatever. Then they're watching a rough cut of it back and none of the camera angles are uh, yeah. are from that camera they had. And there's like... Yeah. Matching shots and jump cuts and uh, <laughs> like twelve angles. I'm like they had to either do these, do the same thing like six times, or I don't know. It's uh, you know, it's a little yeah, it's weird. Whole, uh, We've seen a little that... liberties being played with cameras in oh, this yes, show. You know, say. like security yeah. cameras that walk with the uh, 
villain and the jail and, cell and, and yeah the best one is penguin in the jail cell it cuts like which, three times to close-ups and <laughs> which we make fun of here of course but the sad part is i've seen like recent movies do the same thing where like this is security footage mike this is literally a shot you showed like a couple minutes ago just black yeah. and white right right it's sad that, that people still do that but i thought that was funny um just watching Riddler laugh at his own film is very it's entertaining. And the, yeah. the best part about Frank Gorshin's Riddler, other than everything, is just yeah. is just his delivery of everything. His cadence is amazing. This, like, wind-up spring that he does his cadence with. And his ability to just switch on a dime from, like, full-blown laughing to just a total dead serious delivery... Within oh, yeah. a span of a half a second is just unparalleled. I don't know if I've ever seen someone be able to change that fast, like that well. Yeah, it's, it's pretty unner- Like it could be really unnerving. Oh, but, that's like, the at best least part. Gonna... Like it makes yeah, you but... feel dangerous. Exactly. Yeah. It's so, like you imagine was like they actually went for like a darker, like you know, dramatic tone. Like he would totally be able to pull it off too. Yeah, that is uh, that is fantastic. So. Anyway, they end up filming a bunch. Riddler ends up filming a bunch of stuff. Takes the completed film back to uh, the director Van Jones or whatever Van his Jones, name was. Which I, which I think of the CNN uh, guy named Van Jones. It's like, oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, it's too bad. Um, <laughs> and so the whole plan is to sell this film to him because he wanted a Batman, uh, a silent film made with Batman in it. Because it's a one of a kind thing, he's gonna pay him a hundred grand. Um, Seems like a lot. And then, of course, Riddler is then gonna actually just hold him up and take his whole film collection, his whole priceless silent film collection. So that that's fun. And then Batman and Robin show up because they figured out the trick riddle that the Riddler had given him after Robin caught the battering in his teeth. And. Um, of course, and uh, of course. Oh yeah, about the Great Train Robert. No, no, no. The Great Train Hold Up is the name of the classic silent film, which is of course a reference to the Great Train Robbery, which is the first narrative. Pretty sure the first narrative film ever. I think so. Yeah, because yeah, I think that was before Trip to the Moon. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. So that's the that was the first really narrative film ever, really that used cuts or anything. Um, yeah. So that, you know, and then Batman and Ram beat him up and they win. And and then we have Anne Harriet's birthday, which we <laughs> Just didn't know about at all. And then Batman <laughs> and Robin, of course, show up as a surprise, which is nice. And, um, and you know, so that's that, that's kind of a nice moment. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's very, like, was this set up before? And now we know it probably was. And, yeah, yeah they're just they like, oh. It. Which we're, I'm we're fine with. I'm chaplain. fine with a confusing sure. ending to get more of uh, Frank Gorshin doing impressions. That's again, it's that's for a good cause. It is. Yeah. It is. Well, the, the sacrifice is warranted. Um, right. but yeah, as we said before, just some other things. This is Frank Gorshin's last appearance to other than the movie till season three. God. Um, which is a shame. Part of me wants to just rewatch the movie again after season one because it comes in between season one and two. I know we already sure. did that like a, a year and a half ago or whenever it was, but I kind of want to do it again just just <laughs> because it fits and I love that movie so much. Sure. Um, but uh, so yeah, so and and I want to see Frank Gorshin again before we have to get wait all the way till season three. I know season two is long. It's sixty episodes. So yeah, we're, we're we might need a little Gorshin to fix in between. Yeah, because he's 
He's just the. That's he, quite the drought. He's if he's not my favorite villain of all time, he's definitely one of them. Um, sure, for sure, he's just so much fun. Uh, let's see some other. All right, so there's some interesting trivia with this one. Um, I've already said some of it, but there's still some other interesting stuff. So this story was actually inspired by a comic book story, uh, oh. but it's actually a Joker story. It's uh, yeah, it seems a little more fitting. It's the Joker's comedy caper, and it only came out about a year before this episode came out. Oh wow! Um, Detective Comics three forty one. It was a uh, John Broom and uh, or John Broomy and Carmine Infantino, and. Uh, but it makes sense because of just a Frank Gorshin's impressions that sure. why they want to switch the character from the Joker to Frank Gorshin's Riddler because Riddler Word. does a Charlie Chaplin to commit a robbery um, in in that comic, and so oh. it makes sense that they uh, that they did that with Gorshin. Um, Van Jones is played by Francis X. Bushman, who was actually a major silent film star. Oh. Um, apparently one of his big roles uh, this is this is really interesting so one of his starring roles was in this film called the grip of the yukon and guess who his co-star was i don't know yeah you're not gonna guess it but it's neil hamilton aka commissioner gordon oh is his co-star in one of his big silent films so that's uh that is pretty cool right there um, and this is one of his last roles ever because he died later this same year in August of oh, 66. So this was one of his last big roles. Nice. Um, uh, Pauline is played by Sherry Jackson, and then she would appear um, in Star Trek as uh-huh. on, as uh, Andrea, the uh, sexy android in What Are Little Girls Made Of? Uh, she is very attractive. So she would appear in Star Trek later on. And her character is a play on the name um, The Perils of Pauline, which was a silent movie serial. So that's where that oh, uh, nice. that's why that character's named that. Of course, we talked about the Great Train holdup as a play <laughs> on the Great Train robbery. Um, oh, yeah. They, they also – obviously, there's a bunch of silent film references. They do the Charlie Chaplin thing. They, they talk about Harold Lloyd um, with the cliffhanger. Um, and then they talk about uh, Flo Ziegfeld – um uh which was a silent film star as well um this was another part i forgot about that i thought was really funny so um in the uh, lemonade scene when everyone's getting all mad with each other you have gordon and o'hara they're arguing over whether maury wills the shortstop of the dodgers at the time was better than honus wagner who is one of the greatest baseball players of all time (laughs) <laughs> and one of the greatest shortstops ever for the Pirates back from the very early 19 aughts into the 19 teens. Um, like, he's considered one of the greatest baseball players in history. And Mari Wills was just, like, a, uh, a good, like, a, a fine player who was really fast and stole a lot of bases. So the fact that Gordon says that O'Hara is a complete oaf for that opinion is is very warranted. I'm just gonna say that <laughs> it, it it like he's in Gordon is in the right for that fight to take place. I'm just gonna just gonna say that <laughs> even, it, even without the lemonade, yeah, yeah, even without no without the lemonade needed, like it, it that that those just are, makes those are no fight sense. Words. That makes no yeah. sense. Like Ian, I, I know you're not much of a baseball fan, 
No. But you, you've heard of Honus Wagner, right? Yeah, I've heard the name, yeah. Right. Have you heard of Mari Wills? No. Right. See, <laughs> right off the bat. There we go. Um, Honus Wagner yeah. played literally 120 years ago, started his career. Still know who he is. I'm just going to leave that there. Um, exactly. So that was pretty great. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, when Gordon's in the Batcave, he mentions that people have been known to enter the Batcave and never come out. Oh, yeah. Which, what was that about? Well, the only thing that I that uh, what this says is it was probably a reference to uh, Molly from the very first episode um, who Batman yeah. brings to the Batcave when she's oh, pretending crap. to Robin and then dies dies. Yeah. Good point. And I think that's the only time someone else has really come to the Batcave. Other, I'm trying to think if maybe penguin did once already. I know he doesn't a movie, but no, uh, recently he brought one. Someone else, uh, no, remember, um, remember, someone uh, else came. I yeah. With the bookworm, his, uh, his henchwoman, they brought back. Remember? Did they? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, remember... yeah. They lied, but she was out the whole time, I guess. Yeah. But, still. but yeah, yeah, yeah. They, cause they did the, the lie detector thing or whatever on her. Yeah. 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 Um, I wonder why they didn't use the bag for that one. They clearly had exactly. That this one's uh, so more complicated. Jeez. Uh, but anyway, those are just a couple of a uh, couple of trivia things there, which are pretty interesting. But uh, cool. yeah, uh, a very bizarre episode. Not a very well written episode. Kind of all over no. the place. Nothing really Definitely. makes a whole lot of sense. But it's just a big vehicle for Frank Gorshin to just be and just do his thing. Which is fine. I mean, that's all. You, that's all you need. That's yeah, no, all no you need. excuse needed. Yeah. <laughs> and so, even though this might not be that great of a couple episodes, it I don't it's, really care just because it's fun no. to watch. Just because it's Frank Gorshin and Frank exactly. Gorshin in it immediately makes it great. And uh, I mean, obviously, Adam West and Burt Ward are always great as, oh, as their, their perspective things. So, yeah, uh, strongest episode, no, but no. still a lot of fun to watch. Yes. Very yes. memorable. Yeah. Yes, very much so. Uh, so those are those two episodes. Um, so coming up, the next episodes for this show will actually be the final two episodes of season one. So we're about done with season one. We're going to end with the penguin. So we'll end with a bang. With uh, fine, finny, uh, fine finny fiends. Say that five times fast. And Batman makes the scenes. So that is, that'll be two weeks from now when uh, we finish out season one of the 1966, um, 1966 Batman TV show. But next week we will be back into Batman the Animated Series. We are chugging away through volume two at the moment. And uh, we had uh, just, you know, some okay episodes last time. Um, maybe not as strong as we've had in the past. And we're, we're kind of sure. in the same boat here. Um, out of the three episodes, we're doing the two-part Heart of Steel, which is definitely not one of the more memorable episode, couple episodes. And the fact that this is one of the very few two-parters is just very surprising um, to me, which is... This is a weird episode with androids and uh, oh, yeah. artificial intelligence, and you got freaking Hal <laughs> as one of the characters, but they call him Hardak, and it's a, uh, it's it's weird. But the third episode is the first um, uh, Riddler episode, so we're back. We're gonna is we're it, going yeah, from the is. last. We're going from the last 
um, Frank Gorshin, or one until season three, the last Frank Gorshin episode to the first John Glover uh, animated series Riddler episode. Uh, One of only two. Only two in all of the animated series. Riddler, I mean, he other than showing up as a drawing, like as a bit whatever character with no lines uh, in a couple of random shots through in like the new Batman adventures. This is, he's in this episode and he's in what is reality a little bit later on. And that is it. Those are the only two Riddler episodes. So That's we're going to have to enjoy John Glover while we get the chance. Cause if you, so if you're so smart, why aren't you rich is a great episode. It is. Yeah. Uh, so we have two meh episodes, but then we're going to finish it with a, with a great one in the animated series. Bad. Um, so that's going to be, that, that, yeah, that's not too bad. That's not too bad. So that's going to yeah. be next week. Um, we won't have movie swap next week. We're just going to sh- just some, some news, Free whatever some happens. Yeah. And then pretty much just straight into Batman. So this, the show will be much, much shorter. It will no longer be an hour and a half plus. Um, <laughs> it'll be probably closer to 45 minutes to, to an hour. Maybe, um, You're hoping, yeah. the episodes from now on, which should be nice. So keep it more compact and more focused on, uh, on Batman himself so uh but yeah any um anything else to say about uh these episodes or um uh coming up next week or uh anything else ian no nah, i mean like yeah it sucks that we're not gonna have freight and Gorshin for a while but i mean talking about a talking about send off and like an overload before we have to go in, into a drought mm-hmm. yeah no uh definitely so make sure and follow us on twitter it's at uncaped review um follow there for updates on episodes links to all the episodes um updates on the youtube show movie swap that'll be coming out soon hopefully starting next week um i just tweet out a bunch of random stuff about movies that i'm watching and i i'm gonna tweet a bunch of communities i'm gonna keep tweeting a bunch of community stuff so if like any of that stuff follow us uh, at uh at uncaped review uh we like to follow back other movie fans and stuff like that you can follow me on letterboxd also and Marky oh, Mark yeah. Brand. Yeah, you follow uh, so me. So do that. Uh, crap. What was my name on Letterbox? Isn't oh. it the same? No, or... it's uh, Ian, Ian DR. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you can follow me at Marky Mark Brand, and you can follow Ian on Letterboxd at Ian DR. Um, same thing for me on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Marky Mark Brand. Uh, on Twitter, you can follow me at Ian Park Park. So do that as well. And um, yeah, that does it for this episode of the Uncaped Crusaders Review. Again, I'm Mark. I'm Ian. Have a great week. Mm-hmm.